It's Tuesday, September 28th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy whose likeness will soon grace cryptocurrency everywhere, J.P. Shadrick. I don't think you want any of that. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. My name's J.P. Shadrick. We have a busy two hours ahead, in fact, here on Jaguars Radio today. Here on Jaguars Happy Hour, coming up in just a few moments, Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman joins us. We'll take our final look in the rear view at the Cardinals-Jaguars game in week three. It didn't go so well. 31-19 the final. There were some positives, though, to take away in hindsight. But it's on to Cincinnati, as they say, for Thursday night football. The lone primetime game for the Jaguars on the schedule thus far, unless they're flexed later in the year. And then at 5 o'clock, the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars radio network will catch up with Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer ahead of his first Thursday night football game in a long, 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 long time. Really going back to Utah. The last time he played on a Thursday night, we'll catch up with the head coach coming up. Uh, Jeff Lagerman in with us now. Uh, here we are. Short week. Yeah. Stay hydrated. Yeah, I think the one thing you always look at when the NFL schedule comes out is if you do play Thursday night game, which pretty much you know, all the teams that have struggled in years past end up with the Thursday night game, are you on the road or are you at home? I mean, seriously, that's the first thing I look at because that's a big deal now. Because short weeks, it, if you look at the numbers that have been in the recent NFL history, the road teams struggle on Thursday night. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. And uh, so the Jaguars are struggling as a football team on an 18-game losing streak going on the road on a short week. Against a team that's hot, by the way. Against a team that's playing really well that yeah. just got done dominating the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. who, oh, by the way, they have a first overall pick quarterback, too. So All that. And he's got a year under his belt. Well, almost a year. About 10 games, I guess. Yeah, or he got hurt last 10 year. weeks before he tore his ACL MCL, which, by the way, was an absolute horrific injury. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad. That was that was as bad of an injury. Bad. Yeah. And when that happened, mm. I wasn't thinking about ACL. I was literally thinking about, is this guy, this young man's career over? Because, I mean, he, he was folded in half yeah, he got smoked, yeah. at the knee. High load mm. in the game against the Washington football team. Proud of myself for getting that right. Way to go. I grew up in Washington area, did. so yes. I have a tendency sometimes okay. to use the old name. It happens. So, uh, we'll get to the game coming up Thursday night a little bit later. There's plenty of time for that. Let's uh, take a look at the biggest news of the week, though, for the Jaguars. It was not even really the result of the game Sunday. Since then, the Jaguars have traded a first-round cornerback away. C.J. Henderson headed to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for tight end Dan Arnold. The team's also traded picks. The Jags get a third-rounder, and the Panthers get a fifth-rounder from the Jags, per reports. Urban Meyer believes in the cornerback room for the Jags. I think number one is the development of uh, Tyson Campbell. He's starting to perform at what we expect him to be. Uh, he's a very, very talented guy. You get Trey Herndon back, as you can play at nickel. Um, and we have to improve a lot of areas of our team and, and uh, you know, just uh, see it might be a good fresh start for CJ. Uh, I had a great visit with his family and uh, I love CJ and 
spent a lot of time with him and his parents, and uh, I think it's going to be good for both of us. C.J. Henderson played 10 games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a 2020 first-round pick, the ninth overall selection. He had flashes. His first career game, he had an interception off Phillip Rivers. That was really a, the best game of his career. He was banged up a lot last year, missed eight games. He was on the injury list last week, did not uh, dress out this past week uh, against the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and now he's a member of the Carolina Panthers and it adds to the list of former first-round picks that are no longer with the organization or never made it to a second contract with the organization. Or haven't contributed to the organization. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what hurts. I mean, the lifeblood of any franchise is your draft picks. And the higher the pick, the more contribution that you expect and the more longevity of that contribution. And, and that's not happening. And that's one of the reasons why that this team organization is on an 18-game losing streak and that you have not drafted well and that you have not been able to get production out of those high-end draft picks. And that's obviously why there was a change made. And, uh, and, I, and I'm disappointed because, first of all, uh, C.J. Henderson has talent. I don't think there's any questioning talent, but you can question everything else all, all day long. When I say question everything else – does he love ball? Was he committed to this team? Was he committed to his teammates? And everything that I saw from a, from a body language standpoint, the answer to all of those three questions after the initial one, after he does he have talent, the answer to those other three are no. And I think that the Jaguars did something that they felt that they needed to do. This is not about giving C.J. Henderson a fresh start, you know, because, you know, Urban loves his family. This is about what's doing what's best for the franchise and the organization going forward. It's not about the development of Tyson Campbell. This is about what's best for the organization going forward. And if you read between the lines of some of the uh, some of CJ's teammates' comments, you might sit there and go, "Yeah, boy, they're really upset, aren't they?" Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, and look, I, I wish him the best, and I and I hope that he does find his love and passion for football again, uh, but he didn't have it here. Well, we'll see. The Carolina Panthers will uh, try to get him going now, and the Jaguars do get a tight end out of the deal. A former undrafted player out of Wisconsin Platteville named Dan Arnold, who has limited time, few different teams. I guess you could call him a journeyman tight end, but he's now part of this Jaguars team, and it's a position group that just continues to, to roll through names as we've come from training camp now into week four of the regular season logs. Tight end room is, well, has been a question mark all offseason. Okay, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to help the quarterback. You know, a tight end position is kind of like the, the, the blanket or the blankie for you know, a young quarterback, <laughs> if you want to call, use that name. Was that Linus and Peanuts? Is that uh, yeah. the security blanket? That's right. Yeah. yeah he, had a, he had a blankie. But, you know, you want easy completions for a quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes was, I mean, holy cow, was he blessed to have Travis Kelsey, you know, early on in his career who was like the best tight end in football, arguably, when Patrick Mahomes took over for being the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, you're, you're still trying to find that. And are you going to find that by via a trade at this point? People don't trade away great football players. Yeah. They, they trade away good football players to yeah. get what they hope is going to be a really good football player. So, I mean, is there a chance that this young man, Arnold, can help out this football team? Sure, sure. 
But with the injury to O'Shaughnessy, and then last week you had the drop by Jacob Hollister that, that resulted a, oh, a in an interception. One. God, it was a big one. Uh, you know, you're kind of sitting there, and and I think that uh, with CJ having the groan and being inactive and all that, you know, I think it, that it was time. And, you know, to go back with CJ just yeah, real quick. Yeah, sure. The one thing I think <clears throat> that you always kind of watch when as an analyst uh, and having played the game, one of the things that I always watch is, is how people interact, you know, how teammates interact. Mm-hmm. When, for example, JP, when you have a, a great point in broadcasting, I'm here to give you a knuckle bump. I appreciate that. Okay, right? Thanks, We're man. knuckle bumping. Yeah, teammates. When you had a really good play by CJ or – if somebody else on the defense had a really nice play, you never saw any kind of interaction. Nobody went over to say, hey, great play, CJ. Oh, yeah, where'd he go? Nothing like that. And it, it was almost as if he was a guy that nobody knew in a lot of different ways, and uh, which was very different. I mean, I, I can honestly say that I don't know if I've ever experienced any situation like this as a as a player, or as a uh, analyst, uh, just watching, it just it, it was very odd, very odd. All this this news this week just flashed me back to draft night. Do you remember when the he re- looked the like reaction? he was totally displeased by being drafted the by reaction, the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes, the reaction on the couch. Yes, at his house during COVID, with his family around, and it was not jumping up and down for joy. It wasn't. It was just blank it felt like it was odd so it was just like what i've been seeing on the practice field and on the on the the stadium field on game days for a year and three games odd it was so now the uh the water is under the bridge on that one let's rewind one more time to the game on sunday the jaguars lost to the arizona cardinals four turnovers are bad for business and trevor lawrence had a reaction after the game gosh i'm sick because i feel like we should have won that game um but yeah nothing changes i thought we i thought we got a lot better today and you could tell there were some sparks we made some plays Collectively, the defense, gosh, they played they played great, especially against the, the weapons over there that the Cardinals have. I mean, can't ask for any more out of that. Um, same thing, it's just got to be more consistent. You know, that pick six killed us, obviously. That's all on me. Got to just be smart and eat it, throw the ball away right there. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, it's all there, though. Like, you see, there's we're getting better, but it's frustrating because we got to finish these games. We need to win these. And the last two weeks, I really felt like we could have won these past two games. So, And those are two good teams we played. We'll hear more from Trevor Lawrence. He spoke again today leading into this Thursday night football game. We'll hear from him coming up in just a little bit. The, uh, the four turnovers, minus three in the turnover differential. Now minus eight for the season. And that tells the tale of the 0-3 Jaguars, really. That's it. I mean, Everything else has been okay. The defense, I think, has been solid enough to win some games if, they, if everything else goes right. They've had some special team scores. Well, well, wait a minute now. Look, the, the defense has not been good enough to win uh, games I, yet. Well, I'll say this. They, Otherwise, they'd win games. Well, they would win games if the offense held on to the football and scored. Well, they also would win games if they would get if some they takeaways themselves. If they played a little better also. If I'm they with got you more on takeaways that. takeaways themselves. I mean, it's, th- right. this is a team. Yes, And as a team, unless you get better with 
takeaways and giveaways, okay, because that's a two-sided fence when we talk about turnover differential. It's not just, okay, JP, you're pointing fingers now. I am. Okay. I know. And that don't, also means there's like four point pointing back to me. Don't. Yes, that's that's right. exactly right. Don't <laughs> point them. Okay. The offense turned the ball over four times in that ball game. The defense got one takeaway. And guess what? That was the only takeaway they've had on the season. It was. Okay. So that's not good enough. And, and defensively, did they do a good job, an admirable job against a very explosive offense? Absolutely. How many yards have they been giving up a game, though? A lot. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, so, look, I mean, they can't sit there and, you know, feel good about themselves. I mean, their work and and getting back to work to try to get better continues for them, too, because they've got to be a support system and a spark for a young quarterback. And if they can provide a spark, then maybe they can win. And so hopefully this defense this week – finds a way to, because, you know, they always say things kind of can come in bunches, whether it be takeaways or sacks or anything of that nature. Yeah, sure. Maybe you can find a bunch, you know, and instead of having a, a bunch of uh, grapes, you got a bunch of takeaways that you're going to eat, you know? Oh, How you bunches. get grapes, you know? You, come in, you got grapes come in bunches on a vine? Yes, they do. Yeah. Last I checked. So, so yeah, so, so JP, don't point fingers at one side or the other. I yeah. mean, there's, look, you, you, it's you, everybody's issue. It's a, it's a, it's a team thing. And, and look, you know, we just heard from Trevor Lawrence, and, and I, I appreciate where he's at. He's, he's struggling to learn, and that's part of the process. And we saw last year that Joe Burrow went through the same thing. And here's the one thing that is for certain Joe Burrow was put in an even tougher situation, I think, because Joe Burrow didn't have an offensive line playing quite to the level that the Jaguars' offensive line is playing. I say, right now. I mean, he he's he did that. Got his knee in a, white. In a hospital bed. Okay. He told you about that. Got his sure. knee white. But I mean, uh, the the Bengals' offensive line last year was terrible. I mean, terrible. And uh, they they had had many very similar to the Jaguars. Mm. They had had many years of missed picks. And unfortunately, a lot of their missed picks were along the offensive line in recent Bengals history. So there's some comparisons there. All right. Uh, We've got plenty of show ahead. We're going to delve into that a little bit more, the Jaguars-Bengals matchup coming up. We're going to hear from Trevor Lawrence. You've heard of him. Jaguars quarterback. Daryl Bevel, offensive coordinator. Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator. They all spoke today. Getting ready for Thursday night football. The Jaguars on prime time this week. And season tickets. Single game tickets and group tickets are still available. You could be a part of the new era of Jaguars football and own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Oh gosh, yeah, it's uh, completely different. <laughs> it's like you don't even know what day it is because we just played two days ago and usually today's our off day. So just everything's faster. But just, just getting in as much as you can. Try to do the same things you do in a normal week you just, that you can't do them as long as far as preparation, you know. Um, first, second down, third down, red zone, two minute, all that stuff. You just have to be a lot more efficient with your time. You can't take forever breaking all those down. So. Um, yeah, it's just faster. Uh, you're, you're here a lot longer just because you only have three days to get ready instead of usually it's five or six. 
That's Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback, speaking today ahead of Thursday night football. The Jaguars visit the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium on the banks of the Ohio River. It's an 822 official kickoff time Thursday night. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, it's Jaguars happy hour. Thank you for joining us. Joe Fortunato on the audio side, Brent Reber on the video side today on Jaguars.com. Thank you for coming along with us as the Jaguars try to snap this 18-game losing skid, 0-3 for this season. We just heard from Trevor Lawrence. It is a different week, obviously. Mm-hmm. Everything is been a very different week. I just saw Mad Max go by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the road warrior. It's, I don't know what was going it's, on. Uh, there's a lot happening a in here. Week. But, you know, it's, it's one of those where – Everything is compacted. They're basically, they were on the field last night for a walkthrough. I think they're on right now as we speak at a, about 20 minutes after 4 o'clock with another. And uh, we'll ask Urban Meyer coming up their schedule. May, they might sneak one in on Wednesday, too, before the plane ride. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by that at all. Just, But you, you can't have a full practice on a short week. You just can't do it. Especially well, it's hard. A Sunday game. It's hard because I, I can tell you physically – um, Monday's not the day that you feel the worst. It's typically Tuesday. Well, what's Tuesday? Tuesday's two days before you're getting ready to play a game, <laughs> yeah. right? And so typically you shut it down two days before a game to allow the body to recover. So, okay, so you're shutting it down to help the body recover, but then you're also wanting to shut it down to get ready for the game that's coming up. So and that's why the short week is so challenging from a physical standpoint. And so what teams typically do and what you can expect is that teams will be who they are. You know, so in other words, you know, the old saying is, we are who they thought they were. Something like that, right? You've heard that saying? They are who we thought they were, yes. Exactly. That's right. And why I say that is because you don't have this great opportunity to work on an extensive game plan. So you're going to go back to the meat and potatoes and the fundamentals mm. of your game plan and, and of what you are as a football team. And that's good uh, because typically football is about who is physically better and who, is, who can do the fundamentals better. Keep it simple is what you're saying. Yeah, so they'll kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, but these guys aren't stupid. I mean, that's the, the, the saying, though. Okay, but the point is, is that you have to be able to minimize the game plan to allow a team to not have to worry about having mental errors, and uh, and so uh, it's a challenging game from that aspect, just because of the of the physical demands being put on the body. It's hard. The one benefit that you have to playing Thursday night, first off, it's uh, it's national TV, man. Let's go, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, you, you better show it. Sure, <laughs> everybody's looking at you. Everybody's. You're the only game on that week, and most of the NFL players are always watching Thursday night football. Some of them watch Monday, but Monday night is kind of like a Friday night for the person that works during the course of a regular work week. So guys like to get away and do things on a Monday night that they don't get to do otherwise. And they have players' day off on Tuesday. So, exactly. Yeah, so. Sure. Thursday night though is a, it's a work night. So you, you know you, you go to the office, you know, you you know you work hard, come home, eat a good dinner. You know what I want to do? I want to sit on the couch and relax. And guess what there's a football game on. And so all your peers are watching on Thursday night. That's the beauty of Thursday night football. It's an opportunity to show your wares in front of all your peers. And a lot of guys love that opportunity that they rise 
their level of play when the lights get brighter. Well, the lights are brighter on Thursday night. They're brightest on Sunday night now. Uh-huh. They're very bright on Monday, brighter than Thursday night, but Thursday night is where it's at from a pure perspective. We heard from the Jaguars' offensive and defensive coordinators today and Daryl Bevel. The Jaguars' offensive coordinator has a new player to work with. It's a tight end group that's been pretty much constant change throughout the preseason and now into week four of the regular season. I mean, that's, that's the NFL. I mean, you know, you got guys go down, next guy comes in, another guy comes in. So um, it's our job to get him up to speed as fast as we can. Unfortunately, it's a short week. So he got here, you know, last night. So we've already started. He's, you know, he's in there now getting as much information as he can. And we'll have to, we'll just have to find out, you know, where, what he's going to be able to get to, what kind of carryover that he might have with some of the things we do in the offense and, uh, you know, be able to correlate it for him so he can go out and play fast. That's always the thing, you know. You, you know, you pour it all into them, and you just got to make sure that, that they're not thinking while they're out there because when you start to think, you start to slow down. It's one of the great adjustments that Urban Myers talked about over the weeks is, you know, a guy shows up, and then two days later he's wearing your uniform in a game, and that's basically going to be the situation for Dan Arnold, the tight end here, joining after this trade coming in. Welcome to the NFL. Yeah, shake, his, the way hand, it is. shake his hand in the morning meal and then uh, call a play for him. In the evening. That's the way it is. I mean, you're not dealing with uh, a collegiate roster of – what's in college football now, anyway? How many how many guys are in college football on a team? Um, 90? Yeah, at least. And then you can travel less than that. But, yeah, it's it's, it's a lot. lot of guys. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot. It's a lot of guys. Yeah, so you when you go to a you know backup, 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 you're going to a guy that's been training in your system for quite some time and knows it. You, you don't have to, oh, my gosh, we've got to get him up to speed. Trying to get somebody up to speed on an offensive game plan, uh, essentially in a couple days, well, it's a lot to ask. I don't know what Dan Arnold would be able to handle. I mean, that's a lot, especially if you have any kind of adjustments that are going to be made on the field. But the one thing, as I pointed out earlier, the game plans on Thursday night are not extensive. That's right. And – but – the terminology and everything else is probably completely different than where he was at in Carolina under Matt Rule. So that's going to be a challenge. But, you know, I've seen teams get players ready in one week, and then they just have like maybe a handful of plays that they can do. So they give them, okay, here's five plays, JP. Learn those five plays, and you're going to be on the field for those five plays, and that's all we're going to need you to do besides play special teams because – we're going to expect you to play on special teams because that's not anything that's difficult. You run and react and tackle, basically, on a lot of those teams. The Uh, hard part is remember people's names. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you. you, Can you imagine? (laughs) I mean, you get traded. First of all, he was a free agent, right? He just got signed in free agency by the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. So here you are as a free agent, and you go, I get to go where I want to go. I want to go to Carolina. And you're Carolina, and your team's undefeated. And then, yeah. Hey, uh, Dan, uh, can you come to my office? <laughs> Bring your playbook. <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're trading you to the team that you talked to in free agency, but you didn't want to go to them, and you know they they don't have a win yet. But uh, yeah, we got to do what's your, best for the team. We, we appreciate your, your efforts and. Good luck to you. Yeah, that's, see you down the line. Yeah, that's tough. But hey, he's here now, and it's a room that you know James O'Shaughnessy's out for a number of weeks with a high ankle issue, and then Chris Manhurts signed in really as a blocking option, though he doesn't want to hear that. He's a tight end, he says. But he's got one catch. It's what it is. He's right? got one catch. So 
that's kind of the state. They have Luke Farrell, the young guy, also making a I, couple I, catches. But that's, that's say, where they are right now. I, I like the job that that uh, Farrell has done. I do. I think I think he's gonna be he's gonna be okay. Uh, do I think he can be a front line guy? I don't know. I mean, maybe. But uh, I, I expect him to be a really good second type of tight end. He's got the size to be able to be an inline guy, but he also has some pretty good speed. But he's just young. You know, he's just young. So, but that, that's a group that, you know, you'd like to see it vastly improved. And you know, the old saying is you can't fix everything in an offseason in the NFL. And that was the one position group that uh, wasn't able to be fixed. Uh, the one thing I think maybe that you'd like to have done, maybe kept a guy that you had here to see what he would have been able to do. You ended up trading Josh um, Oliver Oliver to the, the, uh, to the Ravens for a, a low-round pick and – you know, he was hurt for you for a couple of years. So, I mean, so I mean, do you have any regrets for that? I mean, I, I, I probably not. I mean, yeah, otherwise they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, but, too late now. But I mean, that's you know, it's kind of past history. But nonetheless, it's a position group that you need to get better. Let's hear from Joe Cullen now, Jaguars defensive coordinator. The Jaguars entering Week Four are seventeenth in the league in rushing defense overall per game average. Per play, per rushing play, they're seventh in the NFL. Three point four yards uh, allowed per rushing play that's a pretty good number at least early in the season this week a challenge against Joe Mixon in the running game the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals he is second in the league in rushing attempts second in the league in rushing yardage and Joe Cullen on the run defense this week well I always said this like you know when when, when I was a defensive lineman playing and you gave up 20 yards but you gave up 400 throwing you felt like you did pretty good well on the other hand if you gave up 400 yard rushing the whole place just felt like they got their hearts ripped out so it always starts with that and you always give yourself a chance to make a team one dimensional but he's I tell you we're we're gonna have our hands full he's as good a back as there is in the league I played him you know last five years played him twice the same division so when he's steamrolling and going he's as good as they get we're gonna have to gang tackle him he can get the ball in the perimeter he you know he can he can slash he can cut back he's not a one cut guy but he gets downhill he lowers his shoulders and he can run you over so we're gonna have to get population to the football on him if anybody would know it'd be joe cullen in the division he was with the ravens of course the last few years as the defensive line coach joe mixon uh, as part of a balanced attack for Cincinnati, but uh, when they when they get him rolling, look out. They can be dangerous. Well, he uh, he's a really good back when he gets rolling, yeah. and sometimes he doesn't get rolling. That's the one thing about Mixon. He can be hot. He can be cold. This year he's been hot. He's the second leading rusher in the National Football League this year with 286 yards. So, uh, so he has been a, a dominant force, and he's got an offensive line that they have – put a lot of time and resources in. They have a first-round draft pick from a few years ago at left tackle, JP, that you know, and Jonah Williams, who I thought was going to be an NFL guard because he's kind of short-armed. And then the right tackle, they went out and signed Riley Reef in free agency, got some free agent guys at guard, all to block for Joe Mixon and to help a young quarterback. But uh, Joe Mixon is a, is a very good player. When he gets hot, look out, man. You know, last year against the Jaguars, he didn't get hot early on in that ball game, And – uh, if you can keep them from getting hot, the better chance you have of success. But the, but let me go back to you were talking about all these great stats that the Jaguars defense has, as far as like yards per play yeah. against the running all that, which, which is positive. Sure. I mean that's positive. But yeah. the reality is is that you 
are near the bottom of the league in points allowed per game, which is due in large part to what your offense has been doing, which is turning the ball over. And also, it's partly your responsibility that you haven't been getting any takeaways. And when you look at your yards allowed, you're in the bottom three of the league. You know, So, I mean, there's a lot of room for improvement for this defense, even though we felt like against the Cardinals, when I say we, I think – us, you know, and in, in the broadcast, you know, what we all do to pre pregame, we felt pretty good that it was, they gave him a chance, but it wasn't good enough, and so they've got to get better. We've got plenty ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour. We'll come back with a closer look at Joe Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. Thursday night football coming up at 5 o'clock. It's the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. We'll catch up with the Jaguars head coach ahead of his Thursday night football debut in the National Football League. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network. It's a free subscription on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars news breaks. You'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, the Jaguars, and the Cincinnati Bengals coming up Thursday night football. 8.22, the kickoff time from Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati with a nice view of the Ohio River and Kentucky right across the border there and uh, right in downtown at the Queen City. We'll look forward to that matchup on Thursday night and a battle logs of the last two number one overall pick quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, and Trevor Lawrence, and uh, we'll ask Urban Meyer, I, I'm sure, in a little bit about uh, about Burrow. He recruited him to go to Ohio State, got yeah. him in there, and and had to he had to kind of sit behind some guys. He got hurt towards the end, and then didn't have an opportunity to really play much in Columbus. So I think I think Urban Meyer made a mistake. Well, I, I don't know. They did pretty <laughs> well with the other guys they had there. By the way, no, they did. They did. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying yeah. that because you know, if you yeah. look at where are these two quarterbacks that were involved when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State as far as where they are now or where they ended up? Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Burrow was the better player. Uh, he ended up at the, at the very end at but LSU. But maybe at that moment, sure. maybe he was not. I think he had to develop a bit more. Trevor was ready to roll right away at Clemson, right? And was a Which freshman superstar. incredibly rare. Right. He wins a championship as a freshman uh, in the national title game and – and then, you know, it took I, Burrow I can, a little longer. I can tell you this. Watching Joe Burrow, his uh, last year at LSU 2019 when he won the Heisman and was the national championship team. It was incredible. He was unbelievable. It was a he, pinball machine, man. They were putting up lights and points and all every game. Jamar every Chase had, who, by the way, he's got, okay, with him in Cincinnati now, yeah. who was a first-round pick, and everybody was going, oh, he can't catch the ball in the preseason. Um, uh, well, he's catching the ball pretty well right now. <laughs> yeah, He's one of the best receivers in the league, and he's got uh, 220 yards receiving. Last week he had two touchdown catches. And uh, where are that, they? Where are they using him primarily? Is he outside? They'll use him anywhere. Okay, because he lined up in the slot a lot at LSU they'll, they'll, he, because he, he could outmatch those JP. guys. He is so talented. And we yeah. were talking about Jamar Chase. Okay, yeah. who? What yeah. overall pick was he? Like top ten, Pretty right? High. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember exactly what overall pick he was, but he was unbelievable. He wears number one, by the way. You know what his nickname is in Cincinnati? Uno. 
<laughs> like the game. It was know, the, number one. Uno. I've heard of the game. Uh, fifth overall pick. Okay, fifth overall pick. <laughs> the numbers that he had the last year that Joe Burrow was with him, because he opted out in 2020. Jamar Chase did not play football in 2020. Correct. But in 2019, here's his numbers. 84 catches, 1,780 yards. Take a guess how many touchdowns. It was like, uh, it was ridiculous. 20-something, 20 20. yeah. It was a lot. 20. Right. Are you kidding me? incredible. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous. And so and those like, two. Now, remember, Burrow threw like 60 or something. I mean, it was Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. And, and, and in 19. Just on the, on the, because there was a huge debate this year in the draft. You know, should the Bengals pick the, uh, the offensive tackle that the Detroit Lions, Panay Sewell, mm-hmm. should they pick him before Jamar Chase to protect Joe Burrow, who, by the way, just tore his ACL, MCL, and the Bengals, who had drafted some wide receivers in recent history and had a pretty good have have a pretty good receiving core without Jamar Chase, decided to go ahead and draft the wide receiver and to address their offensive line in different ways. And the reason why? You just go back and look at the chemistry that these two guys had in twenty nineteen and you go, I think probably as a general manager owner of the team with the Cincinnati Bengals, you're just sitting there having visions of what Joe, okay, and Jamar looked like in 2019. And you're going, if they can do that in a Bengals uniform, that's what we need. And right out of the gate, they have looked like they're picking up where they left off chemistry-wise. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're doing some things pretty well, obviously. Already. By the way, impressive that, that you've got a quarterback who tore his knee last year playing really well right now. I mean, he's playing much better than he did – uh, last year where he struggled, uh, he's been good, though. I mean, look at his rating. I mean, last week's rating was ridiculously good, 122.9 against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's struggling, I get it. But this year, 71% completion percentage. Oof. I mean, that, that's fantastic. I mean, compare that to Trevor Lawrence, you know, 54.2. I mean, that's a, that's a significant difference. And I, I don't remember exactly what Joe Burrow's numbers were last year. I'll look it up here in a minute. But uh, comparatively speaking, I can tell you this, he is dramatically better this year, and he's still not even a year completely removed from an ACL reconstruction, which is, I mean, that's no joke now. I mean, that's, that's a lot for, for a young guy to go through. And it was his forward leg, which a lot of quarterbacks, when they go through an injury on that left leg, that's their forward foot. Yeah. They're kind of hesitant to stick it out there because they know that that's exposed a little bit. Trevor Lawrence this past week, as we've obviously talked to death the last two days, had four giveaways, two interceptions, two fumbles lost in the final two drives of the game. Those fumbles came away. You know, a couple of them were freak plays, though. I mean, one of them, the first interception should have been caught, tipped over the Jacob middle. Jacob Hollister should have caught it. Intercepted. Yes. Uh, the second one was, yeah, you don't throw that ball, you well, throw it away. Well, wait a minute. Here, right? Let's kind of go through that play. First of all, we had this what was termed a whirly bird by right. the left guard. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they turned they turned JJ Watt loose on the play. And the left guard on the play, okay, which we all know is Andrew Norwell, does this little spin around thing and you see that sometimes on a bootleg. And I and I wanted to address this because I know a lot of people have been talking about it. Some people have been saying, well I've never heard of a whirly bird. Well it's just a term, and it's not like, it's like any formal technique or anything, okay? 
sometimes on a bootleg you'll see an offensive lineman block into a zone and then turn and peel back to protect like somebody that might be a like a blitzing corner off the outside or the nickel basically peel back and to go peel get back him. yeah but in order for one of the offensive linemen to do that the other offensive linemen next to him need to make sure that they're squeezing down to close toward, that gap that he's vacating toward the center exactly yeah so on that play was that Will Richardson that didn't do that or was Norwell supposed to stay in there I I don't know the answer. Well, I mean, Joe, Cole, I mean, excuse me, Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, said today, no, that was the right play. They, they, he was right to go Whirly Bird. And yeah, do that. well, that's what so, I'm saying. Somebody's yeah. got to replace that's him. That's right. So you know, if you go Whirly Bird, then by, you got to have a. By default, I would guess that the left tackle was incorrect. Somebody's got to be in the bird's nest, <laughs> right. whatever you're going to call it. Yes. But he, he, here's the thing: if he's got the time, DJ Chark's wide open. Buda Baker bites up. It's a it's an easy touchdown, and what where the mistake that Trevor made first of all you had a mistake by in the protection, and then you had a mistake by Trevor. So you had two mistakes. One mistake leads to another mistake because all of a sudden the pressure now in Trevor's face makes him make a bad decision and trying to force it underneath, which it wasn't there. And Byron Murphy Jr. read it perfectly and jumps it, pick six going the other way when Trevor should have ate it. Or threw it away. But it should have been a touchdown. If everything was done correctly up front, Trevor has the time to see that DJ's wide open because he is the primary. He's the primary guy. That would have been a touchdown. The uh, the other two fumbles, one of the, the first of the fumbles, the running back comes over trying to protect and hits his arm fumble. That's a that's a kind of a freak play as well. And then the end of the game last one is what it is. So with no time left. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Defensive play. That's the way it is. Yeah. And then now uh, with Lawrence, you know, they worked him in the run game a little bit more. Read option was part of the game plan last week. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about that, JP. I'm, Are you? Yeah, I am. He had like, I think, six rushes in the ball game. He did. Uh, numbers were good. You know, okay, that's great. But he, he, he does, you know, we watch all these TV games and you see Baltimore and you see these other teams that have running style quarterbacks and those guys run. I mean, that is a different type of running than what we saw from Lawrence. And Lawrence is um, agile and able to get out there. He's capable. It's different, though. Yeah, he's not Colin, Much He's not Lamar Jackson. Right. I mean, who is? Exactly. Um, he's not Josh Allen. I mean, he's not even that. Not because Josh is a. Well, Josh is faster. Yeah, I think Josh is faster than Trevor Lawrence. I think I think he is. The and way then, he plays it, he's faster. And then, for the most part, the guys that do that really have a good idea of when to get down. Like Kyler slides, like he played baseball, he knows how to slide, get down, get out of the way, avoid. Right, that makes sense. Same for the most yeah. part with yeah, Lamar that, Jackson. I I think Kyler Murray does a really good job. Yeah, at making sure that he is minimizing the amount of contact well, or blows that he takes. Well, we need number sixteen, wearing teal, to figure that out. Also, yeah, that's what makes me nervous. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right, that one scramble that he's going up the field, and you're going. JP, I, I was in the radio booth, and I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> kind of had that thing, you know, you're like, ah, don't get, 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 get down, you know, because you don't want them to get, you know, this big time shot. Because look, this is these are guys that get paid to hit you, man. And once you, once you leave, you tuck it, you cross that line of scrimmage. If you keep going in your head first, you're a runner. They can they can smack you. And, uh, you know, the hit that he took going out of bounds, which, you know, look, I, I 
the defender was totally in his right. Good, clean play. And he gets hit. And uh, but I just I get nervous when you have a starting quarterback that does that. And look, I don't want a quarterback who's like Peyton Manning. Okay, that like lays down if there's a defender coming. Peyton used to do that. And it's an interception. Peyton's like running the other way. <laughs> okay, in a way. Right. I don't want a quarterback that's like that. But I also don't want to see a quarterback that that puts himself out there too much. You know what I mean. I know exactly. I think there's a there's a there's a happy median. I don't mm-hmm. want to say happy. There's a happy place, you know that that I hope he finds. It's, I mean, know. it's the first week they've tried any of that stuff, so you know as it goes, I think it'll probably still be part of the plan. Sure, but so. just don't make it too much. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. No wonder it's the official truck of the NFL and proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars. A look around the AFC South, the injury report, that's all coming up. And then at 5 o'clock, it's the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach, Ahead of Thursday night football, the Jags and the Bengals coming up at Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati this Thursday evening. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville sports fans, 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. Veterans, choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Jaguars Happy Hour rolling along on this Tuesday afternoon. Ahead of Thursday night football, the Jaguars in front of a national audience Thursday night. 8.22 the kickoff time from Paul Brown Stadium, Cincinnati. The Jags at 0-3. And they dropped 18 straight, trying to snap that skid on the road against a surging Cincinnati Bengals team that's now 2-1. and one, And they destroyed Pittsburgh on Sunday. <laughs> and hot. scored a ton of points against the Vikings. Oof. And came down a wire and, and had a, a young kicker make a modest field goal to get the W. I mean, the Bengals fans are going to be ecstatic. Yeah, it's their coming out party, really. Thursday night. It I mean, really is. It can be. I mean, that's they, what they think it could be. I, they've struggled for years, and they have the first overall pick in the draft from last year, and he's got weapons, and they're 2-1. and one. It's at home. It's an outdoor stadium. People are going to be fired up. It's going to be – I think I think night football games are always a great environment. Mm-hmm. That takes you back to – Friday night under the lights. But in the NFL, anytime you have a night game, I think it's it's, it's top-notch. You know what's better than all that? Is to go wreck all that as the visiting team go in there and, and just, well, I just, just ruin everybody's night. I just uh, literally got done you know, while we're here. I, I write out my stuff for Jaguars.com, Johnny Osher, what the experts think. That's correct, yes. It's a, it's a feature that runs on su- uh, Saturdays on the website. Okay. And you, basically everybody, you know, from myself and Baselli and Brent Martineau and Frank Frangi and Rick me, Blue me. and Ashlyn Sullivan, J.P. Shadrick, uh, on down the line, and I probably missed some people. It's called Final Analysis is okay. what it's called. Yes. And uh, you got to write what you think is you know, could happen or might happen or how do the Jaguars win, how do the Bengals win, what you see happening in the game. 
And I said at the very end that the Jaguars must dominate the turnover battle to get a win against a team that is going to have a, a fan uh, embrace when they are coming back home after beating the great Pittsburgh Steelers at their place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big deal it's a for Bengals rivalry. fans. No doubt. It's the yeah. Steelers. Mm-hmm. Who've been kicking it's, their rear ends for a long time, and it's like a it's a nasty rivalry on the field too. A bunch of penalties in that game Sunday, as, and they they survived. And the won. way it should be in yeah. the division. That's right. The way it should be. So, yeah, you got you got to win the turnover battle. If you're if you go there and you turn the ball over and you don't get takeaways, you don't have a chance. Time now for the injury report presented by Baptist Health. Changing health care for good. We take a look at Monday's list. Trey Herndon is on there still, but he was full on Monday with uh, that knee issues uh, seemingly past him now. That's good news. Roy Robertson-Harris with an ankle injury limited Monday. Cam Robinson, the shoulder issue limited. Andrew Norwell with an ankle issue limited now, the team held a walkthrough Monday. This was an estimation if the team had a full practice. This is normal, uh, the, normally the way they go about it on a short week, the estimation injury report. Nothing yet on a Tuesday because the team, as far as we know, is on the in, in the indoor going through a walkthrough now. So they'll have the update um, later. Yeah. By the way, just uh, on one of the guys that was on that injury report, Cam Robinson. Yes. Got hurt in the game. And had his right arm kind of hanging down, looked like it was a dead arm, and they have him down as a shoulder. I got to say, he played a really strong game. I mean, a really strong game. He going against Chandler Jones, who I think is one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League. I think he's one of the top three. He's been hurt recently, but if you look at his numbers, comparatively speaking, I mean, there. I don't. I think the only guy that he has a less sacks per game number than is Reggie White, which is the NFL's all-time leader in sacks per game. Hmm. I mean, that's how good Chandler Jones is. And and Cam did a really good job. And he actually had a couple moments that were a little what I would call Baselli-esque. Oh, really? <laughs> would you really? You might be wondering, well, oh, wait, what, what did that on. look like? You buried the lead. You're, are you like what? Okay, Baselli <laughs> on uh, and I and I go back to the first game that he ever started. Okay, Green Bay Packers here. Okay, Sean Jones, great player, great player. I mean, Sean Jones would be one of the dominant pass rushers. Okay. in the league. Yeah, Tony's hands lived in Sean Jones's face. Just all, all day. I mean, it's just, I mean, face just washing him all face, day. I mean, total face massage, you know, and, and they didn't call it. And Tony was just, you know, I guarantee you Sean Jones had a really sore neck after that game. I bet. Okay. Cam didn't hit him up into the face mask, but he was getting him up around the neck mm. and was popping him back. And he got a couple, like literally – Inside arm post, like he would put his hands out and pass protection, and then he would follow up with a right-hand jam, which was the inside arm against Chandler Jones. And he was rocking him, rocking him. That was the best football game I've seen Cam Robinson play yet. So, And, look, I, I'm, I'm one to give credit where credit is due. That was the best football game Cam Robinson had yet in his career. And he wasn't perfect. Yeah, sure. Because you probably remember a moment where he swam around, Chandler Jones swam around Cam to get a play in the backfield. 
So it wasn't perfect, but, man, it was a really good performance by him against a really good player. Legal sports betting is coming to Florida soon. Go to hardrocksportsbook.com for the latest details leading up to launch. You must be 21 and physically present in Florida to wager. Concerned about gambling? Please call 1-800-522-4700. Let's take a look around the AFC South. And we take a look at the standings in the division through week number three. The Titans now at 2-1, and 1-0 in the division. They got the win over the Colts. 25 to 16. Guess who went over 100 yards again on the ground? Derrick uh, Henry. Derrick Henry. Shocker. And now Houston he's at one good, and two. Isn't he? uh, he's very good. Houston one and two, and they've got a division win over the Jags. The Jags and the Colts both at 0 and three. Carson Wentz, with two bad ankles, by the way, played in that game for the Colts. He ain't the answer. What is the answer? Not Carson Wentz. I mean, the guy couple years ago was one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the National Football League, and he's, he's lost his mojo. And he hasn't found it in Indianapolis with Frank Reich. I can Does tell it, you that. It had to be when he injured that knee, right, in Philadelphia. That's when it all changed. That's when Foles came in and the Eagles' fortunes changed that year and all that. The yeah, Super Bowl, uh, he's never been the same since. No, he hadn't. And I hope he doesn't become, you know, what they expected <laughs> him to come this year. I mean, look, he's in the division, so I'm not rooting for him. Yeah. Sorry. That's the way it works. I just hope that they stick with him all year and he doesn't find his mojo. Yeah, it's, like the Colts don't have a whole lot of options, though. I mean, they've – what do they give up for Carson Wentz? Do you remember? I don't off the top of my head. I can try to find real quick. Too much. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I mean, because they thought he was kind of the missing piece up there. Yeah, they did. His defense was good and all that. Two draft picks to the Eagles, uh, 2021 third-rounder and a conditional second-rounder. Isn't it funny how coaches sometimes think that they can fix it? Oh, we got it. I got it. We, we got, got this guy. We can no, fix them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. We can fix it. Coaching, we're going to fix them. <laughs> so the uh, Jaguars get the Bengals coming up Thursday night. Coming up next – it's Jaguars Radio Network coverage. We'll hear from Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. It's the Urban Meyer Show on the Jaguars Radio Network coming up. This has been Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.